Okay. What happens now? Well, now we restart the game, and you will have seven cards in your hand, and I will have three Consulate Dreadnoughts, two Kaya Triggers, and a Hopeful Initiate in play. Why don't you start us off, bud? Crew Three Podcast. I'm Rose Ruckman. With me, it's this week. It's Ricky. It's me again. I tr- uh, but you're not the problem. It's my computer. Uh, so we are about 15 minutes into recording this episode, and my computer had a massive memory leak. And uh, yeah, so we're starting over. Uh, so do we want to retread any of the earlier jokes? I mean, I'm redoing the decoration around here. I've got a glass cabinet. I got to build. I've got new art to hang up on the walls. Uh, Chris is just getting wasted celebrating the Cowboys, utterly crushing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Willis at my door? Uh, he says I've looped too many times. Okay. Uh, Rockman, you tell me if we were in a time loop, right? I definitely would, but just don't go in that cardboard box over there. Right, right, right. That makes sense. All right, all right. I think the we wanted to talk about spoilers. Yeah, so uh, needless to say, we're not going to re-go over what we did with the top eights because, look, as much as I want to say, wow, there sure were several Azorius control decks that top eighted this last week, and then, oh, hey, mono black mid-range also top eighted. Right. Um, we, got, we got new cards coming out soon, and, you know, without the time loop, it's kind of confusing to say talk to figure out what we, cards we can and cannot talk about thanks to all the leaks. So we're going to do our best to only talk about cards that have been officially spoiled. No promises. Yes. Uh, If you don't want to know anything about the set, just – I'm sorry. I don't know where you're supposed to go. I I can't avoid it. So sit back and relax and uh, we'll talk about cards that hopefully are all Wizards official spoiled. And, and, and uh, thank you to Wizards for not only ruining Dungeons and Dragons, but then giving us graphics to tell me how to find the cards I want to play with. Right, exactly. Um, geez, the OGL. I have to. Uh, I just want a quick, quick shout out to the D and D community. Right. Yeah. When Wizards messes around with them, uh, you know they don't like bind together and be like, "All right, this time Wizards is only going to make a profit of two hundred thousand dollars off of us." Right. They were just like, "No, let's burn books. Let's cancel <laughs> subscriptions." Let's like let's do everything else. Paizo is gonna literally give up their IP. Yeah. So like, so like cause Co- wizards won't do it, we'll do it. Co- Hasbro's like, Cobalt Press, you're still with us, right? And they're like slowly putting the pirate hat on. Right. Uh poor poor critical role. Yeah. They uh you know, may God have mercy on their souls. I'm so sorry that it's come to this. Yeah. Look, I will say one of the things I've realized is that, like, there are a lot of people to also – I feel like a lot of the community is informed, but there's a lot of people talking about this situation that don't know all the details. Like, I had people at my work be like, well, yeah, you know, but it's if they make $750,000 that they only take a share at that point. I'm like, no, 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 no. that's gross profit, not net profit. Right. Exactly, and also on top of that – even if you make only like twenty five thousand dollars, which also is insulting in the original like draft, the draft 
We're yeah. not really going to put this out, but we needed to know what scared the community. Yeah. That's why we dra- Don't worry. It's, we did this to stop Dungeons & Dragons from being played by racists. That's, that's how every, that's every why we did popular, this. successful company gets their community feedback by leaking documentation. Right, right. Uh, but you still had to report your earnings if you were just making a a gross profit of t- uh, $25,000? Yeah, something like that. And then, like, if you have to report to them, even if they're not taking a cut, there's nothing to stop them from taking a cut later. Because, again, the someone who was also just, like, again, at my job, just like, well, you know, they give you a 30-day notice before they change the policy. Like, after you've already agreed to whatever they're going to change it to. Like, yeah, exactly. And then, like, if the, in those 30 days, it's just like, sorry, cease and desist now. Yeah. You can't you can't do this anymore, uh, and then just all the all the problems and how insulting the language is in the document. It's like not only you can the level up, you can level up in how much money you owe us. Their their response is a freaking villain monologue. Oh my god! And it's like when trying to address the community, apparently we roll the one, and I'm just like, oh, like let's get like. Let's get the writers of Velma to write this. You know, they would have done a better job, and everyone hates them right now. So let's break Justin Roiland out of prison. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> uh, the uh, the no, no, no. You might hear that some people are saying because we changed that they win and we lose, but no, no, no. That's not the case. We, we all win. win. Yeah. We always win. That's the that's the lesson. The, the house always wins. Yeah, uh, and everybody who's then immediately posting the Ant Man trailer of just the, I don't have to win. We just both have to lose. So like now we just can't go see the movie, right? That I was actually just like, oh, oh it looks like a fun scene. The Rotten Tomatoes of it? No, I haven't seen the Rotten Tomatoes page. Audience score is like five percent. Oh. It's already one of the worst reviewed movies, and it hasn't. There's no trait like there's a trailer. Oh no man, I want to have screened are, it. Is, are there any letterbox reviews yet? Uh, no, everybody's just like going in and just like greed, 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 greed. Yeah. All right. Well, um, so time to try to figure out spoilers. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, real quick though, so there is actually one thing I did want to bring up that we also kind of talked about in the 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 now pre Karn time loop. The uh, right. Before Teferi shoved us and Zalfir into the void. Right, right. Um, so, remember everyone, this set becomes legal to play in paper during pre-release weekend. So if you, for say, I don't know, have two pre-release, two RCQs in the same weekend the set pre-releases, just buy your fast lands now. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah, I hope nothing, like, super crazy you want is, like, in the set. We're gonna, like... <laughs> That would only affect competitive players, and they don't play Commander, so yeah, who cares? Chase, so they, they're all dead. Who cares, right? You know, uh, Wizards, once again, uh, if you're out there, I hate you. Wow. <laughs> I just, Ricky, stop. Ricky, this is our redemption arc of getting back on the Christmas card I list. I don't want on the Christmas card list anymore. I Commander-only players are a problem. I'm just going to say it. We're, you know, I'm just going to drop some truths here. Commander-only problems and desi- uh, players and designing for them is a problem. And Yu-Gi-Oh! GX is probably the most underrated anime of all time. Wow. 
Those yeah. are just some bombs. We're just dropping them. Yeah, you get you, even even season three of Yu-Gi-Oh! GX. All uh, specifically the English dub of Yu-Gi-Oh! GX with Jaden and none of the Japanese uh, Judai stuff, right? Okay, yeah. I don't know if you know this, but did you know that Yu-Gi-Oh! GX is an entirely different show in Japan? I mean, it makes sense, but like for the audience at home, what are the big differences? Judai is an edgy boy. Oh. Uh, Judai is an edgy, edgy boy who becomes the main villain of the show and eventually kills all of his friends. Yeah, because he gets possessed by Phantasm in season three. Right. But it, it like it goes there's a season four in Japan of him then like dealing with like the world ending because of him. What? Yeah. It's way more fun when he just says, get your game on and like but yeah, no, he does start like that in the Japanese version, but the Japanese show is just about like a happy go lucky duelist kid going to dual high school and just getting worn down by time. And then Chaz is the real hero, right? Chaz is always the real hero. It's about a cult? Yeah. That makes you blind to Yu-Gi-Oh cards? Yu-Gi-Oh GX Abridge is also probably one of my favorite scenes are just like is the bat really necessary? Cyrus? Yeah, Cyrus is Cyrus is yes. Yu-Gi-Oh GX though I will always put it on Hulu uh, it's a great thing to fall asleep to, and it's even better if it doesn't stop playing and uh, your friends come over and Yu-Gi-Oh! GX is still on, and it's like, yeah, man. I don't skip the theme song of Yu-Gi-Oh! GX. <laughs> Have you watched the, like, two-hour, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! It's not two hours, but it's, like, uh, the Crunchyroll's, like, 50-minute-long video about just, like, I'm going to explain the Yu-Gi-Oh! multiverse timeline. Yu-Gi-Oh! GX also has the greatest clip of all of Yu-Gi-Oh! in it. Okay. Which is, uh, like, they find out that, like, cards got exposed to aliens. Yeah. Like, how did that happen? And they family guy cutaway gag to Seto Kaiba. Just shoving the press release. Press release. And he's, like, sending a a shuttle filled with Yu-Gi-Oh! cards into space. And he's like, if there's intelligent life out there... Well, let's teach him how to duel. And just like, it's, and then he starts laughing at the camera. It's the best. It's uh, a top. Seto Kaiba, like, no matter if it's actual Yu Gi Oh! or like fake Yu Gi Oh! like Yu Gi Oh! abridged, is like always top tier. Yuki exists in Yu Gi Oh! GX, and there's a couple episodes about him. Uh huh. Uh, Like, namely, there's like an episode where like his deck is like going on like Smithsonian tour. Yeah, yeah, like, I remember like, museum, museum. It, gets yeah, stolen, it gets stolen, right? It gets stolen, yeah. And somebody dresses up like Yugi. Anyways, uh, but Seto Kaiba is like a driving force. He funded the dueling high school. Yeah, that's why Obelisk is the best. That's why Obelisk Blue is the it's, top It's why Slifer Red is like actual, factual, like just a shack on the edge of the island. That definitely is up to building code. Yeah, they don't get food. Like they have to like fish and stuff. And then raw yellow is just there. And then even even then, all the like administrators at the school are just trying to like close Slifer Red for no reason, for literal no reason. <laughs> it's so great. It's Animal House, but with Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Man, I like how we're just like, should we re-talk about challenges? Now nah, let's get back to spoilers. But the Yu-Gi-Oh! GX talk has to happen. Yeah, yeah. All right, should we get to spoilers now? No, because now we can talk about the One Piece leak. The one oh, piece yeah, the One Piece, piece lore. The <laughs> One Piece leak for this week. Don't worry, though. Patreon listeners, the One Piece ep- deep dive episode is going to come out. Right, we're, it is. Gonna, I'm, I'm doing it. 
we're gonna record it. We're probably gonna record it in person, actually. So that'll be that'll be fun. Uh, and bring a splitter. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll I'll get a splitter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so let's let's talk spoilers. So I went actually ahead and well, you know, like I honestly thought there were gonna be more spoilers today, but that's just because the whole set leaked, right? All right. So. Again, we're going to kind of work around the spoilers that we have for sure confirmed. So, which is still a lot to go on because we get like all the planeswalkers. So that's kind of nice. Um, let me let me pull up my list here. We get all the planeswalkers. Um, <laughs> Can we talk about the FNM cards first. Yeah, let's talk about the FNM because I know like the FNM cards are crazy. There's four of them. Yeah, so I know three. I know three. What's the? Okay. It's, First it's, one it's is Authentication. It's Ossification, Children's Edict, Experimental Augury, and what's the last one? Blade Hold War Whip. Blade Hold Whip, War Whip? Yeah, yeah, Okay. So, luckily, all those cards I'm dope. I'm excited to talk about. Right, right, so, right. Uh, so what she got? Uh, Ossification is very interesting. It is two mana enchantment aura. Enchants a basic land you control. When it enters the battlefield, you exile target creature or planeswalker and opponent controls until Ossification leaves the battlefield. Okay, so um, kind of a, a pumped up Chain to the Rocks here, in a sense, right? Right. It's Chain to the Rocks, but you have to be playing basic lands. Okay. And this is kind of hot. It's two mana, right? But, like, Portable Hole is very good. People have played Silk Crap in the past. Sure. People have only, played... Um, only hits things that cost three or less. What's the um, the Flash one that the creature has to be tapped and attacking? Or it has to be tapped? Seal Away. Seal away. Seal away. Seal away is awesome play. This will not see any play in Kruga Fires, like Chain of the Rocks does. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. there's no basic lands. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's interesting and it opens up like it opens up space for like basic lands mattering. Can and I like the design. Play this? They can. And it gets anything, it gets the planeswalkers too, so yeah. that's nice. It's a way to get rid of shield rid without giving them like a clue or something. Mm-hmm. Or life back, right? So that's nice. Um, Children's Edict. Children's Edict is one it's of the cards I was wild. like. I kind of want to get a product to make sure I have a few of these. This card is insane. So for one in a black instant, you get to choose one. Each opponent sacrifices a non-token creature. Each opponent sacrifices a creature, or each opponent sacrifices a planeswalker. No, so like each opponent sacrifices a creature token. Creature token, sorry, sorry, yeah, yeah. Because that's the big thing, right? It's like, people also, like, not Pioneer relevant, but, like, this is how you beat Merit Lodge, for instance, and stuff like it that. It kills like, Adelaine. Yeah, oh, yeah. If like, it's the only thing you have on board. Just yeah. tokens, like, you can get the, like, it makes them sacrifice, like, Planeswalkers, which is big. Uh, this is kind of a clean two-mana answer in black for Karn. Yeah. So that's nice, right? Um, no more eliminate, that's for sure. And it definitely is power crept of like other edict effects. Like Angras Rampage lets you pick planeswalker creature or artifact. Mm-hmm. But it's two mana of two different colors and it's sorcery speed. I think a lot of these FNM cards are just really, really power crept on commons. That I think are really exciting. Yeah. Um, Alright, do you want the whip or do you want the augury? Oh, I want the whip. Give me the I'll, whip, daddy. Uh, you take the whip. Alright, right. blade hold whip. One red, white for an equipment. Uh, we have the mecha- the new mechanic for Mirrodin, uh, which we can just talk, 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 kind of talk about on its own. So they've, they've said that going forward they want more ways to 
have equipment sort of matter when they play them, right? Like you think of the El- the Eldraine, um, like Embercleave, right? Where you get to play it and it auto-equips to something. Um, and it's kind of interesting to see that the living weapon equivalent is on the Mirrodin side this time and not the Frexian like side. Um, so, of course, with, with four Mirrodin, when this equipment enters the battlefield, you create a 2-2 red rebel token and attach this to it. So, again, we play our equipment, it's really going to have a body to attach to, which is great, because especially with, like, with limited right, that's such, like, you almost never play equipment in limited because it just takes a turn off to play it, takes a turn off to equip it. Um, this one also, equipabilities you activate of other equipment cost one less to activate, and the creature has double strike. I think this one's dope. It's a 3-mana 2-2 double striker at Uncommon, and it makes your other equipment slightly better. You can have multiples of it, and it I think this card's good. Yeah, and I think as well the the um, the discount on equip abilities not being required, like it doesn't have to be equipped to have that ability. If it's just sitting on the field, that that reduction is gonna happen. It's also kind of interesting because it also this mechanic opens up more ways to like make weird aggro decks that kind of shift into transmogrify. Mm-hmm. Like just more Things that are not creatures in the deck that are creatures in play. Like, this sure. is all, all intents and purposes, a creature. So, I like it. Yeah, it's a 3 man 2 2 double strike. All right. Uh, now let's power creep. And I didn't realize Experimental Augury is a common. Yeah. I thought it was an uncommon. It's time to uh, power creep anticipate. Good. With Experimental Augury. Uh, blue colorless for an instant. Look at the top three cards of your library. The one in your hand, the rest in the bottom of your library in any order, then proliferate. Uh, so on rate, uh, Impulse is currently seeing a lot of play. Yeah. I mean, Impulse is in the format, right? Impulse mm-hmm. is good. This is one card worse than Impulse, but you get to proliferate, which could be worth a lot more. Proliferating always kind of, kind of an interesting mechanic where it can be very good. And it can actually do nothing. So, like, this isn't probably going to see big play in Lotus, but if we want, like, an extra slot in a deck with, like, Narsets or something like that, right? Like, Well, here's also the thing. Um, if you're going to play a deck that Toxics, right? Sure. If there's a way to sling a Poison Counter on our opponent, yeah. this card becomes really dangerous in, like, some sort of, like, spells poison deck like almost like a spells storm deck like once we've applied a poison counter to our opponent this card draws us a card and puts a poison counter on and if we iteration this like we could be exactly like we could go nuts and so this is something i'm kind of looking out for um there have been when we dealt with poison in the past there were cards that let us put poison directly on our opponent without having to get through for combat damage. At two mana, this also can co- potentially combo with, um, what's the two mana kicker that flashes back something two or less? Seagrate? Uh, no. Seagate uh, Stormcaller? Seagate Stormcaller doesn't flash it back. She just doubles your next spell. Oh, okay. There was right. one that flashes back like a two drop. Um, Arcane Proxy flashes it back? Arcane Proxy, yeah. Right. So this is a very interesting card to me. I don't think it's going to be good yet. Maybe, well, it, you know, we'll have to see more commons. Like, they could just accidentally print some stupid black common that, like, just gives your opponent a poison counter, and then sure. we could have a 
we could have poison storm essentially like spells sure. based poison storm that's that's a very good call there all right so uh do you just want to kind of go over all the planeswalks now that we have them uh sure just go on down the line yeah let's just kind of go on down the line here so uh, start with uh completed first yeah, let's start with completed first. So we've already talked. Oh, actually, we haven't talked about any of the completed ones, have we? Let's uh, start with Jace. Let's start with JC Boy. All right, so Jace the Perfected Mind, two blue and a Phyrexian Manax, of course, completed. So remember, every, if you do spend two life for that that uh, that Phyrexian Mana, it will enter with two less loyalty counters. So make sure you you note that. Uh, starts with five loyalty. Plus one until your next turn, up to one target creature gets minus three, minus oh, minus two target player mills three cards. Then if a graveyard has 20 or more cards in it, you draw three cards. Otherwise, you draw a card. And then minus X target player mills three times X cards. This is another way that the Proliferate Storm deck could go nuts. Sure. Right? Like, Jace at 10 is probably winning the game, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't think that's that difficult, right? Jace at 11 is probably definitely winning the game. Yeah. Uh, just to, like, minus X and just mill your opponent 33 cards. Yeah. I, I, I don't see it's... There are... With how many ways there are to just kind of super mill a lot of players, uh, do, do you think that this just makes a mill deck viable, even if we're not getting really cute with it? Maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah. Also, um... Bad taste, wizards. Come on. Why? Uh, Why have him stand where he stood? All the completed walkers are supposed to be pseudo-replicating a famous artwork of theirs. Right. So that's why, like, Nissa is also the who shakes the world pose. I don't really see it in Vraska or Nahiri, kind of. Uh, The Luka one. Also, real, real talk. Did you read the the story of how Luca got completed? Yeah. Also, I'd like to say I don't like the story. So the episodes I, one through five are rough, but the Tezzer and Teferi stories we got today were really good. So I'd like to say that in like Kamigawa story, uh huh, you know, like Jingitaxis did all sorts of stuff to Tamio, right? So okay, that's the there real was question. there was science. There was, you know, science and magic going into completion, right? Okay, okay, hold on. So I've had this discussion a bunch. And now it's like, oh no, I sneezed. (laughs) Oh no. Yeah, so how it it is is like, so pre-mending walkers were were safe. Right. Current Tezzeret is potentially safe because he was inoculated against it by Bolas. We don't know after what, so, and then non- Post-bending walkers could be completed, but it would kill their planeswalker spark. So the Jin science was, can we keep the spark around? Which he then apparently got to work in the glistening world itself. Now, I will say, though, my question is, all of the, like, fancy, crazy, like, physical changes, those have always been, like, well, you gotta go on the slab, and then we do something crazy with you, right? Right. So it's like, when Vraska is just suddenly just has a metal scorpion tail, it's... How? Right. Um, I I just don't... Jace, though, I think, is a prime candidate for the example of 
we're going to be able to uncomplete some of these planeswalkers. There's no way Jace doesn't get uncompleted he in looks the story. He, he looks he's so drinking good. the blue Gatorade the whole time. Yeah. Like, it specifically mentions, like, he swigs down some more Halo before he goes off adventuring, you know? Yeah. And then he gets stabbed by the blue Gatorade sword itself. Yeah. And, like, he's the most physically... He looks too, like, not completed right. Like, it just kind of has, like, a metal arm, I guess. Nahiri's stupid. They made her and Luca just equally stupid. Luca's just like, big monster, get in my back. That's the one that's like, how do you get completed? I'm just imagining Jin Gataxius at home, just like, watching on the monitor, like, how's this idiot gonna get got? He just shoved it into his back? He He just is a combiner transformer now? I just, like, Nahiri gets, like, nicked by, like, uh, an oil dagger or something, yeah. you know? And it's just like, oh no, I've got the zombie on me. Yeah. And then Lyra's like, oh, I could fix that. And she's like, nah. Yeah, and then uh, I will say, though, Tyvar just shreks Tybalt. I'm mad at Tyvar, too. Can we talk about the Tyvar card? Can we go a little out of order here? We can go out of order to talk about Tyvar. Okay, Tyvar is this really cool guy. Turns out, fun character. Yeah, believe it or not, you couldn't figure it out through any of the Kaldheim story. Uh, He's Thor, and he's just having a fun time beating people up. He's like, let's go on superhero adventures. He he absorbs Mirrodin metal into his fists. Yeah. And then he just starts, like, beating people up, and he's so happy about it. And uh, so, of course, to make that reflect in the card, we've named him Tyvar Jubilant Brawler, and we show him beating up Phyrexians with his bare fists, right? So, yeah. of course, he untaps your mana dorks and uh, gives your mana dorks uh, the ability to tap the turn they're played, but he does not give haste. He does not do any fighting. He does not let your creatures fight. Uh, why? Well, actually... If they reprint Fight Bear, uh? Uh, no. That guy says Uvenwald in his name. I mean, Innistrad's going to get hit by the Phyrexian tree for sure. I'm just saying, like, mill three cards, return a creature with mana value two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield is good. The text on this card is great. The art on this card is great. This text and this art do not go in the same card. So, no, but I'm super hyped for Tyvar, though. Like, who would have thought when Kaldheim came out that Tyvar would be probably su- a super hyped Planeswalker? Like, this guy's insane. I am, like, I don't think Circle of Dream Druids copium now in Elves. Like, this this guy, I think, supercharged the Elves decks because now every, like, subsequent mana elf you draw can help pay for the Leaf Crown Visionary trigger of the next elf you play. Right, he can also buy back like uh, Leaf Crown Visionary or uh, Dwynes Leap or Warmaster. Yeah, this guy's Tyvar is insane. Um, but he doesn't beat people up uh, or give you guys haste or like I mean, come on, like you're with me, right? Uh, yeah, no, I'm with you. Okay. All right, so we're talking about completed walkers now. So back to complete walkers. So Vraska Betrayal Sting, uh, four black uh, and Phyrexian mana for a six loyalty 
legendary planeswalker Vraska with again completed uh, zero. You rage, you draw a card and lose one life. Proliferate uh, minus two. Sacrifice target creature. Sorry, target creature becomes a treasure artifact with treasure abilities. Right and loses all other card types and abilities. And then minus nine. If target player has fewer than nine poison counters, they get a number of poison counters equal to a equal to the difference. Weird. I like it. Yeah. Um, it's weird, but I like it. I don't think it's going to see play in Pioneer. It's a very cool casual card. Like you have to compete with like Soren. You have to compete with like Chandra, right? You have yeah. to compete with Jaya. I just don't see that. Like for five mana and two life, and yeah. then you pay another life. I don't see it. I mean, if you have children in play. Yes, if you have children in play. But I mean, like, I will say, you know, I do kind of like, I know I made fun of Kato, like, zero to draw card, right? But uh, I do like how with Teferi last set and Vraska this set, they're having kind of fun ways to still be a plus one on a zero ability. Also, did you realize that Shieldred is the most expensive card in Pioneer? Is it really? The cheapest version is $56. What's, is Meat Hook, like, loss? Has Meat Hook gone down? 45 Ooh. Uh, so still the mono black devotion deck that you're going to want to build with Phyrexian Obliterator, Meat Hook Massacre, and Shieldred is going to be the most expensive deck in Pioneer because it's also going to play Nykthos. Yeah. Like literally all the most expensive cards in Pioneer. All right. Uh, so we have uh, last Monica, we have Nissa. So Nissa, Ascendant Animus, three green, green, Phyrexian, Phyrexian for a seven uh, loyalty Planeswalker Nissa. Nissa, I will say... Man, having seen I, – I saw this this art and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm not a big fan. It's too gold. And then I saw like the full artist like, here's my artwork I did, right? And the art's gorgeous. This artwork is betrayed by the Planeswalker frame, unfortunately. The card with the art behind it is the most difficult card to read I've ever seen. Um, maybe it'll look better in person, but like this card just looks ugly. Yeah. Um, so again, so completed, right? So this is a completed Planeswalker that you can cast with two Phyrexian mana pips instead of one. So we can play this for five still, but she would only come into play with three loyalty plus one, create an XX green Phyrexian horror token where X is Nissa's loyalty minus one to target artifact or enchantment minus seven uh, until end of turn creatures you control get plus one plus one for each forest land you forest you control and gain trample um commander card but also so the plus one it sets itself when it makes the token right yeah so you will so the token will not die when this dies right correct okay i actually like it better and you will get the extra counter on it before you get the token right so i like this card a little bit better when it was Star Star, because we couldn't read it very well. Huh? Because it was leaked, right? Yeah. Because I like the interesting idea of this this Planeswalker making very big tokens that all died if we lost Nyssa. Okay. I thought that was a cool design decision. But now? But now, this card just looks ugly to me, and it's not as good as Nyssa who twerks. Again, this card is let down. The art on this card specifically is let down by the Planeswalker board they chose. I want to talk uh, about Nahiri. Nahiri. All right, give me Nahiri. Nahiri is a legendary Planeswalker. Nahiri, uh, the Unforgiving, 
for one red, white, and a red or a white Phyrexian hybrid like Ajani did. Um, except his was green and white. So completed starts with five, maybe three, if we want her to cap, cast three. Uh, spoilers, we want her to cast three. Um, plus one is until your next turn, up to one target creature attacks a player each combat if able. So your creature you choose cannot attack your planeswalkers anymore. Well, for the next turn, right? Um, plus one is discard a card, then draw a card, and the discard a card comes after the colon, which means if you are empty-handed, she just draws you a card. Yeah. You do not have to discard to get the draw, which is awesome. And then her zero is exile target creature or uh, equipment card with mana value less than Nahiri's loyalty from your graveyard. Make a token that's a copy of it. That token gains haste. Exile at the beginning of the next end step, which means for three mana, she can reanimate any creature that costs three or less with haste for the turn. Oh, so like a Grease Fang. Like a Grease Fang? If we wanted to build into Mardu Grease Fang again, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I know that this card is being talked about a lot in Modern because sure. it it can reanimate Hammer, uh, and it can reanimate all the creatures in Hammer. Sure. Um, so that's insane. And then if you ever pay four mana for her, you can just start reanimating your five drops. But I, I think this card is very cool as a three mana walker that's going to be an insane source of card advantage in like some sort of red-white deck. Mm. I don't think she's going to fit in immediately. And I do think because... Pioneer has Nahiri the Harbinger already, which is already such an exciting card that doesn't see enough play in Pioneer. Yeah. I'm kind of on the fence on this one, but definitely probably going to see some play in Modern. Mm-hmm. Um, also, she is not in her any of her arts. There is one art that she loosely looks like. So, like... So, okay. So... All right. Nahiri the Harbinger stands like this. Yes. Okay. Nahiri, heir of the uh, heir of the ancients, right? She's uh-huh. like hand on hip, and she got the sword like this, and she points the sword down into the text. I think. I think what and it is is they're they're all copying the um, the poses from the um, the zigzag theory art, and then the. The commander version, Nahiri's Lithomancer, she's like holding her sword like this, and she's like, yeah. Ooh, ooh, would you like a sword? I would like a sword, Nahiri. Uh, anyways, that was before she was angry. She's much better angry. Yeah. I miss the Nahiri that throws Soren into an eternal wall. And then laughs. Yeah, this, this Nahiri that was like, I got zombie bit, and I'm gonna hide it, and then when I'm offered the zombie cure... I'm gonna say no, thank you. Cause I gotta do the. She gotta do the mission though, Ricky. I don't care. Uh, she vomit. Gotta, she gotta do the big mission. Uh-huh. All right. Who's next, Luca? Uh, Luca, I'm gonna shove this this Phyrexian in my back. All right. I know you want to talk about Luca. Do I? Bard class. It's not good in bard class. <laughs> What are you so, talking about? Bard class. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. For everyone at home who thinks this is good in bard class, it's not. Everyone, just because it has a green and a red pip and is legendary, does not mean 
It is bard class. It does not immediately mean bard class. So Luke Once you've made a 1,000 power uh, Targnar, right? Yeah. You can just minus Luca and kill your opponent. Oh, good. Um, so Luca yeah, bound. Luca bound to ruin two red um, gruel, or sorry, as Ricky would say, gruel. What? You you spell gruel wrong all the time. G r u l l. It's u u l. What? Yes. G r u u l. Yes. They both make the growl sound. It doesn't matter. It's not growl. It is, though. It's like growl. Okay, but it's not spelled the way you spell it. <laughs> Ricky and Sham, how long have you thought it spelled that way? For literally eternity. Yeah. Uh, so you guys t- growl cards? That would be out of flavor of growl cards. Not school <laughs> and die. Uh, okay, then agrees. <laughs> so let me start over. So it's two red gruel caprexine hybrid and then a green. So it's four. So it's. Jesus, this has ruined me. I have. <laughs> it's five mana or four mana and two life. Man, the toast is real bad. I can you, see it. I can see the toast. Everyone at home can see. So five loyalty, Planeswalker Luca, uh, plus one, add red, green. So this mana only to cast creature spells. Or activated abilities of creatures. So, uh... It doesn't make 10 mana like Senegas does. It also doesn't count... It doesn't let us use Bard class. Uh, minus 1, create a 3-3 green Frexian Beast creature token with Toxic 1. Uh, Luke at minus 4, deal X damage to divide as you choose among any number of target creatures and or planeswalkers, where X is the greatest power among creatures you control... As you act this ability. So it doesn't even hit a player. Right, I, so yeah. It's just like, this card is like worse Domri and worse Zenigo stapled together. Just I like the creature. God. Don't I save mean, him. You don't want to be saved. Don't save him. I don't see how you uncomplete Luca because like if you look at the art, he's got like friggin' brain soup going on right now with the like the hose going into his head. Uh-huh. You gotta soup that brain. Which makes sense because he's an idiot. That's fine. Leave him. Leave him. him. Alright, do we have do we have uh, non-completed walks to talk about? We can yeah. finally talk about the Watering Emperor and how I never want to see it in Limited unless it's on my side of the table. Right, uh, so the Wandering Emperor is now the Eternal Wanderer with amazing art that's kind of ruined because we gotta crush it up into the top... Because there's too many words on the card, so we gotta squeeze that art. Yeah. Uh, six mana for a five loyalty legendary planeswalker uh, without a name still. Yeah. Fun. Thanks. Uh, no more than one creature can attack the eternal wanderer each combat. Oh, that's kind of wild. As long as she doesn't make a token that can block, though. This should be fine, right? Yeah, so what's her first ability? Her first one is plus one, exile up to one target artifact or creature, return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of that player's next end step. Oh, so if you, only have, if you only have one creature, you can never contest her. Okay, uh, then what's her minus four? Her minus four is each player chooses a creature that player controls. 
and then each player sacrifices all other creatures they control chosen that way. So you leave them a creature that they can attack her with, right? Right, right, right. Nice. And that's it, right? Uh, but for zero loyalty, oh. Oh. you can just make a 2-2 two, two white samurai with double strike. Well, I mean, it, it doesn't have vigilance like the last ones at oh least. Oh my god, it does not. It would have been worse. I think it did originally have vigilance, and then they realized how miserable this card is in limited, and they were like, alright, uh, remove vigilance, give it double it's strike. It's so funny to me that this is a rare just because the non-completed planeswalkers are all rares. Luca is a mythic. Get wrecked. Like Nahiri in limited, like is fine. Nissa yeah. probably annoying in limited, right? Probably Prask- just ending. But Prask- like Jace. Very good in limited. Um yeah. Jason limited, if you just hard cast him, he mills fifteen, and that's probably uh close to the ball game, you know? Yeah, yeah. So Eternal Wander, I just this limited format is not looking to be my favorite. Yeah. Which yeah. is with Kaya. Which and- is seven mana. Oh, so this has got to be good, right? White, white, black, black, three. Uh, she's got six loyalty, and she has hexproof. Okay. Okay, that's pretty good. And Dreadbore. Plus two. Each opponent loses three life, and you gain three life. That's good. I mean, you it know. It puts her to eight. It's a lot to battle through. It is a lot to battle through. And, I mean, hey, it's each opponent, so when we're playing our commander games... Right. You get to become public enemy number one. Yeah, but I mean, you only gain three life, so even though everyone else is taking three. Zero. You may draw two cards, then each opponent may scry one. That's oh. pretty pretty powerful. I like how we, we draw two cards, and then your opponent may scry if they want to. Do you want to scry? I mean, I feel bad, but... I. You can just look at the top card of your deck if you want to. I'm not looking. And then minus three, exile target creature or enchantment. If it wasn't an aura, create a token that's a copy of it, except it's a 1-1 spirit with flying in addition to its other types. You know, uh, that's interesting. It can do things. If you have ETBs in your yard, it's kind of insane, right? You know? You can just uh, minus three and buy back a Niv-Mizzet that's a 1-1. One, one. Sure. And then flip for Niv-Mizzet again. So, uh, you know, here you go, Commander players. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. Just I suck to see, see Pioneer play. Are you kidding it's, me? It's seven mana. Yeah, it's like seven mana and you win the game. Is it, though? Like, if, if you have... If you have wiped the board and your opponent did not rebuild, you just cast Kaya and you win. Ricky, my opponent may scry one, though. You're right. They might scry one. But also you can just start putting on the clamps and put plus one. I guess. Yeah. You can or, you can or, minus three and get back your temporary lockdown. Did you know that? You can minus three, get back temporary lockdown... And rewipe your opponent's board if you'd like. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Like I'm just saying, like there's there's stuff to do here. Okay, all right. Well, look. it's not like a four of like I'm just saying, I, like pie bet like, might pie pie bet. Uh, would you take? I mean, I'm telling you that it's going to see play as maybe a one or two of. I don't think it's going to see more play than a one of. I'm on. Uh, that's the best odds. 
Yeah, all right. All right, somebody needs to top eight a challenge. It might need to be me. Or win the Pro Tour in 30 days. Yeah, there we go. Top eight the Pro Tour. We all right. Oh, that's what, let's not forget the pro, the Pioneer Pro Tour in 30 days. That's pretty oh, hype. Yeah. It is hype. We're going to cover it. Not officially. But, you know. We'll we're going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should just, like, simul stream it. What other cards are we talking about? Uh, all right, yeah. Well, you know what I'm kind of excited about? We get to talk about uh, Frexian Arena. Hey, Frexian Arena. It's bad. I don't think it's bad, but it's not like... I'm going to tell you right now. It's going to be another case of Liliana where we're just going to start off by shoving four copies of it in our Rakdos midrange deck lists. I'm telling you that Fable is better. Fable is better, but I do think this, this, at least for Rakdos, right? I think this is a good sideboard card for the mirror as like a one or a two of in the board. Just because like part of that mirror always comes down to just wanting to have extra cards in your hands. It's why you you board out Thoughtseize, right? Where Thoughtseize really doesn't matter because you just want cards to be able to pitch to kill like a graveyard trespasser or stuff like that. Right. So, I don't I think, think it's a, not, a nothing card, right? But I think it's like maybe a one or two of in a sideboard. Yeah. I don't know. Like, is there a chance this can like maybe kind of make Doom foretold a thing again? No? No, you don't want to sack this. I guess, yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I definitely think it's there's got to be a deck where it's better than just sideboard play. Um, and, I mean, you can get the sick Phyrexian language version when you buy a bundle. Ooh, I'm in. When you get the complete edition. Ooh. I just, you know, it's just sort of like, it's kind of medium now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which, I mean, honestly, again, I we mentioned it before, I'm I'm pretty happy if Pioneer can kind of be this home of, like, these older cars just aren't for snuff anymore because fire design is just so far outpaced them. Right. I mean, Frexian Arena, I don't think it will see zero play. Yeah. I think it might be good in, like, the black-white mid-range deck that doesn't okay. have to play Fable, right? Yeah. But, like... The thing is, it has to compete with Fable, and you can't. Yeah. And also, people are bringing hate. Like, I don't think this card is, like, and it's unanswerable, because it's, like, people are bringing hate for enchantments because of how, like, Karuga fires and stuff like that, so. Mm-hmm. Um, we can talk about Archfiend of the Dross. We got asked on Discord about Archfiend of the Dross. Is that an official spoiler? I believe it was officially spoiled, yes. I like this card. Yeah. What does Archfiend of the Dross do, Ricky? Black, black, and two for a 6-6 six, six flying Phyrexian Demon. It enters the battlefield with four oil counters on it. At the beginning of your upkeep, remove an oil counter from Archfiend of the Dross. If it has no oil counters on it, you lose the game. So we were def- we were asked also, this... Whoa, you thought I was done? Oh, sorry. You thought four mana, 6-6 six, six flyer with a little bit of a downside was it? Yeah, I did actually. No, this is, this is the SAT level of Magic the Gathering. Also, whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, uh, its controller loses two life. So, okay, uh, it's also a Massacre Worm. So, if we play this alongside our Death Demon... So, like, you can play this, attack with it, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're down to Wrath whenever. Yeah. Because, like, your opponent could be dead to a Wrath... Yeah, I'm. I'm really happy that we finally have a six-six flying demon where the downside makes it so I can actually attack with it still. Right. 
Uh, I mean, Abyssal Persecutor been a cool card to see. Yeah. But so, it's kind of like Abyssal Persecutor. So now that we have this and Demonic Pact, what do you think? Faithful Handoff, Harmless Offering? We got a so score Faithful off. Faithful Handoff can't pass the Demonic Pact. But it can hand off this. It can. And you might be seeing a deck list on that soon. You know? Ooh. Maybe, but I'm not sure. You still have to wait a long time. And there's randomly... We'll get to it another week when we see the cards that I can't tell you about. Uh, there are a lot of cards that randomly remove counters now. So I just don't want to be, you know, caught with the bag here. Yeah, because one of them is a Golgari card that I think is going to see a lot of play. The, the Demonic Pact, at least that one, it, uh, it doesn't use counters. And it has to trigger a certain number of times to make you lose the game. So your opponent can't, like, mess with it. And you lose the game. Like Lich's Mastery, if your opponent back to nature's, you just lose the game. Yeah. Uh, that can't happen with Demonic Pact, but Archfiend of the Dross, randomly you could just get like Vampire Hex Maged and lose the game. Sure. So, I just right. think that, yeah. Let's see here. Uh, we can talk about Green Sun's Twilight. This card I want to talk about a little bit too. Yes, let's do it. Green and X for a source to reveal the top X cards plus one of your library. Choose a creature card and or a land card from among them. Put those cards into your hand and the rest of the bottom of your library in a random order. If X is five or more, instead put the chosen cards onto the battlefield or into your hand and the rest of the bottom of your library in a random order. Uh, this card's bad. Really? So it's X plus one. So you could technically, I think mathematically, you will hit both cards, both card types with X equals two. So it could be a divination, but it can miss. It has a, it has fail chance, right? Yeah. At X equals three, you're looking at four cards, and your chances go up quite a bit that you won't miss the divination. And now it's a bad divination, right? Sure. And then at X equals five is where you hit six cards and you can put a land into play and a creature into play for free. But like, we're at the point where we're spending six mana. Okay. And like, if you wanted this effect, you can just play see the unwritten for six mana, which gets you one creature, but maybe two. Sure. Like, I just think that this card is not good at all. So you'd rather be Natasha Bettingfield. Yeah. I'd rather the rest is still unwritten, you know? Yeah, yeah. Staring at the blank pages before you. Uh, I can't wait for you to cast this for, like, X equals two, and you're going to flip, like, another Green Sun's Twilight, a Collected Company, and, like, a Mana Dork. Yeah. And, like, it's, like, cool. I spent three mana and I got an elf to my hand, you know? I know people are, like, talking about, like, oh, you know, you can cheat Emrakul into play, and I'm like, well, the point of cheating Emrakul into play is... You want to cast it for free, not just put it into play for free. Emrakul cheats herself into play. Yeah. She can cost, like, seven. So, I at the point where you're spending six, it's just, like, Finale of Devastation is infinitely better than this card. Yeah. This card is bad. It's too random. It's not Genesis Wave. It I think, isn't, like, Genesis Hydra still legal in this format? It is, yeah. Like, it... That does the same thing, except you also get a body, right? Mm-hmm. So, 
I just think this card's bad. I'm gonna tell you, this card's not good. Do you okay. like it? Am I being? No, I'm not. A, I'm not super into it now. Brad Nelson to your Evan Irwin here, or the Jerry Thompson? Sorry, you're not. You're not. No, no, no. I am not super high on this card. Um, all right, we have a couple more cards we can talk about. We have like the. We're gonna talk about Moondrak. The which one's that? Mondrak Glory Dominus. Oh, the the real commander bait of the set. Uh, this card's just real. Period. Yeah. Uh, you want me to go over it? Do you want to go? Yeah, go over for it? it. Yeah, go for it. White, white, two for a four-four legendary Phyrexian horror. It says if one or more tokens would be created under your control, twice that many tokens are created instead. And then, uh, one colorless white Phyrexian, white Phyrexian, sacrifice two other artifacts and/or creatures, put an indestructible counter on. Montrack Glory Dominus. This card's absurd. Like, for five mana, your Rakdos opponent can no longer answer this card. Mm -hmm. And then you just make tokens. It doesn't matter what kind of tokens they are either. Just tokens, right? Sure. So, like, you make double clues now. You make double food tokens. Uh, you make double anything you want, right? I think this card's insane. Absolutely is, absurd. Is this four, part four, why five. we're never getting Lingering Souls back in the Pioneer? Oh, definitely. But also just like, look at it. The only downside it has, right, is uh -huh. that it's a 4-4 and not a 5-5, five, five, so it can't actually get through Shieldred. Sure. But the trick is, you're playing this in a deck that plays Wedding Invitation anyways. Yeah. Because Wedding Invitation is now going to make two tokens, right? So she will clear over, or it will... Uh, whatever this is, it looks like a giant steering wheel. It's a big por portal, or I, dude, I don't know. It's a it's a horror, that's for sure. It is definitely a horror. Um, what we got? Do you do you agree? What do you think? No, this card's like actually insane. No, no, for sure. I like people who are obsessing over Elishnor and Mommy of Machines, right? Yeah. Um, look at this card instead. Yeah, please, like, uh. This is a 4-7 Vigilance that dies to everything. And it, like, gives you extra triggers, and your opponent doesn't get triggers. And it's just, like, five mana puke in your soup, you know? Yeah. But for five mana, you can have an indestructible forever 4-4 four four that has a relevant static ability. Yeah. And, I mean, it's pretty reasonable, too, because, I mean, this doesn't escape power word kill, right? No, it does not. So that is the card you have to have when you play it. Or, or be able to revolt Fatal Push. A Fatal Push, yes. Um, you can activate her ability at instant speed, though. Yeah, but I mean, how many times do you really want to pay four life? You only need to do it once, right? You just don't activate it immediately. Like, unless your opponent's tapped out, right? Sure. You just don't activate it immediately. True, yeah. And then the moment they tap out, you're just like, yep, activate it. That's fair, yeah. Also, you can continue to reactivate it to get more counters on her, right? Mm-hmm. Just to be a sack engine. Sure, yeah. Like, which is relevant. Like, you can sack your tokens or your creatures away from, like, lifelink blockers and stuff like that. There's, like, a lot you could do with this card. I think this card's insane. Yeah. 
Um, let's see here. Slaughter Singer, green and white for a 2-2 with Toxic 2. So this is, I think, our first card we actually see. Oh, well, there's, a, there's another uncommon Toxic 6. So there is more than just Toxic 1. That's confirmed now. Uh, whatever other creature you control with Toxic Attacks, it gets plus 1, plus 1 until end of turn. Meh. Do you think Toxic could be relevant besides, just, I guess, like the the idea you had of the kind of just, we need a way to get one poison counter on our opponent? Literally, the Toxic deck that's going to exist is just going to be a deck that makes only the 1-1s one with Toxic 1. The Mites? And we're just going to, like... That's the that's the card that... Uh, that's the Bitter Blossom card that we were talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Mite Hive or whatever, right? Yeah. But, I don't think that card's been officially spoiled yet, so we can't talk about it. Okay. But, yeah, no, the... I just think that, like... Oh, no, it's officially spoiled. Is it? Yeah. I don't think it was. I didn't think it was. Well, you don't care how big your toxic creatures are, is the big thing. Sure. It's like, yeah, like, your toxic creature becomes, like, a 3-3 instead of a 2-2, or a 2-2 instead of a 1-1. Which just sort of means that it trades up if they block. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know. Like, to me, it just feels like we don't care how big our toxic guys are. We just care that they have toxic. And we can get a bunch of them. If let's just let's say this, just because I'm thinking like by the time this episode comes out, it'll be Friday, right? And most of these cards will have been spoiled. So let's just talk about them, I guess. At least, well, obviously not everything, right? But like, I know there's a few requests for cards. So we could talk about the hive. I don't even want us to talk about like rot priest of that. So let's let's just pick a few more cards and just talk about them. Okay, well let's hit the the hive and the rot priest then. So um, we have. Skrelov's Hive, which I would even go to Skrelov in general. It's kind of a fun one. Uh, so one and a white for an enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, you lose one life and create a 1-1 one, one colorless Phyrexian Might artifact creature token with Toxic 1, and this creature can't block. With Corrupted, as long as the opponent has three more poison counters, creatures you control have to- with Toxic have lifelink. I think it's good. You think so? They can't block. That's the thing, right? Yeah. This is only good in the Toxic deck. Uh-huh. I think there will be a toxic deck. Um, so, but I, it might be more. So, I'm thinking it's more of a like blue green or like a blue black because I think the proliferating storm is kind of a real thing. Uh-huh. And I'm looking at venerated rot priest, sure, which is one green for a one two Phyrexian druid with toxic one. Okay. Whenever a creature you control becomes the target of a spell, any creature doesn't care if it's toxic or not target opponent gets a poison counter this card is wild so like this means that like literally any spell so like any can't like moment of defiance or stuff like that right that targets and you draw a card Mm -hmm. it's just ways you can trigger poison trigger poison trigger poison this card costs one mana you can play it and then, like, get two or three spells off the turn you play it on itself just to throw poison counters. We don't yeah. need to make our guys bigger. Like, people are looking at this and, like, cool, now, like, you can giant growth your infect creatures in modern. And it's like, no, 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 no. I don't think you understand. I'm wanting to play, like, Expedite, Defiant Strike. Sure. The, like, uh, the one blue target creature gets minus one, minus oh, and then you draw a card, right? Yeah. I want to cast those cards... I want to cast, like, one blue target creature gets a 1-1 counter and then proliferate or something like that, right? Yeah. Like, I just want to target my guy 
a bunch and just yeah. shove cameras, right? Yeah, no, no, no. This guy is insane. How we start like the chain of just then proliferating. Yeah. For one mana, it's it's crazy. And it it doesn't even have to resolve. Like it just you just target something. Right. This guy hits the board, you immediately play a spell. Doesn't matter if your opponent's the fatal push or not. The counter's going somewhere. Right. He doesn't trigger anything on ETB. Even if he did, you could still respond with your instant speed trick. Yeah. So I think this card is hot. And like I think there's a deck here. I think yeah. there is a poison deck, and I don't know where the colors lie on it, but I think it's here. Uh what do you think of like Urbrask Forge? Uh so that's if you can have combat on your turn, put an oil counter in Urbrask Forge, then create an X1 red Frexian horror creature token with trample and haste where X is the number of oil counters on Urbrask's Forge. Sacrifice the token at the beginning of the next end step. Really cool card and limited, really bad card and constructed. I don't think yeah. it's gonna The real problem is like artifact just isn't like sacred anymore. Yeah. Like, if... we're, we're playing a braids. Like, yeah. We, we live in a braid world. It's right? not an enchantment, right? Right. You know? Uh, let's see, what else? Anything anything else kind of sweet you're feeling? Now that we're just gonna kinda open up a little bit. Oh, Glissa. 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 Yeah, Glissa. Let's talk about Glissa. Glissa. Oh, I don't think this, this card's card, real. This card is insane. So Glissa, if you don't know, is going to be hitting the tabletop a lot in Pioneer, in my opinion. And this is going to be one of those cards that I think really makes people start thinking, like, is the Rock back? Or do we just play Jund now? Oh, man. Uh, so Glissa, one green and black for a 3-3 three, three Frexian Elf Zombie. So, oh, man, Ruckman... Really, another three drop for the mid range decks? Why? Hold on. Hold, on. Hold on. We get Death Touch. So, hey, we get to trade with Shieldred. That's pretty cool. But wait, we also have First Strike. So, Shieldred just eats it. Right. Everything eats it. You need, you need four creatures that each have three power in order to block. Uh, then whenever Glissa Sunslayer deals combination to a player, choose one. You may draw a card and lose a life. So who needs Frexian Arena? Glissa just is Frexian Arena. Uh, destroy target enchantment. That's pretty good. Those are relevant card types. Or remove up to three counters from target permanent. All right. I've made a mistake now. I've yeah. actually read the card. I thought it was an attack trigger. No, it, it does have to deal damage to a player. This card is very good. This card is not broken anymore. I retract. <laughs> I thought this card was like the end. Like I thought it was just like, yep, it's the best stats ever. And whenever it attacks, you draw a card. Yeah, and it's a rare. So while it shouldn't cost more than ten dollars, it's a standard legal rare. It will be fifty dollars. I don't. Know. Yeah, it's 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 a good card. I don't I think know. it's it's very good. I think it will see some pioneer play for uh-huh. sure. I don't think it's as insane as it was because I did not read before. Uh, but it's still very good. He's greatest enemy reading. Yeah, reading is a tough one. I also like Venser Corpse Puppet because I'm Ooh. still on this weird proliferate deck, right? Yeah, yeah. So what does Venser do? Venser is a two mana blue black legendary creature, Frexian Zombie Wizard. Okay. He has Life Link and Toxic One. Okay. Uh, whenever you proliferate, choose one. Okay. Your options are. If you don't control a creature named the Hollow Sentinel, 
create a legendary 3-3 Phyrexian Golem artifact creature token named the Hollow Sentinel. Or, target artifact creature you control gains flying and lifelink until end of turn. Okay. It's just really interesting to me um, that he triggers on proliferate, even if you don't choose anything to proliferate up. When you take the proliferate action, he does this, right? Yeah. And so because of that, uh, you can just sort of continuously have a stream of blockers. The only thing I wish he could do is give himself flying a lifelink. Yeah. Um, if he could do that, you can say, then he go and get another toxic trigger in, right? But uh, as, as it is, I think this card is still very cool, very good. And if the proliferate deck happens, there's like no way you're not going to play this card. Sure, for sure. Uh, what do you think of Molira, the Living Cure? Green, white for a 3-3 Legendary Human Scout. If you get one of our Poison Counters, instead you get one Poison Counter, you can't get additional Poison Counters this turn. Exile Molira, the Living Cure. Choose another target permanent, choose another target creature or artifact. When it's put into a graveyard this turn, return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control. It is a fixed Safi. Yeah. It is the Safi Eric's Daughter text. That is fixed, so it does not go infinite. Sure. Uh, it's medium. Yeah. I mean, it being a Watch Wolf, stat-wise, is pretty interesting. It's like, also legend. Two colors. Sure. I don't know. Old Mulier is definitely, of course, crazy busted, so... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Person also. I know What's we up? can just only see her back, right? But it kind of looks like a completely different person from Malira. Oh, she's well. Look, after years of battle, you know. Right, right, right. She just she played League of Legends. Wants to be Vi now. Right, right, right. Um, Thrun. Thrun. Okay, what does Thrun do? Thrun Breaker of Silence is five mana, green, green, three, for a okay. five-five legendary troll shaman. This spell cannot be countered. Trample. Thrun Breaker of Silence cannot be the target of non-green spells your opponent controls or abilities from non-green sources your opponents control. And as long as it's your turn, Thrun is indestructible. This guy ain't going nowhere. You think? This guy, how do you kill him? You have to have, like, exactly Assassin's Trophy? Yeah, um, I guess. You have to play that Assassin's Trophy at sorcery speed on your own turn. Yeah. Right? Like, that's it. That's the only way to kill him. Or to fight him with a green fight spell and have a 6-6 six, six of blood. Is it... Is it better than Toski? Yes, because Toski on an, an empty board does uh, does nothing, and Thrun is insane. Okay, like this is this is your board in against control. Uh huh. If an aggressive green deck ever comes back, like like Grohl, right? Yeah, like, Grohl plays against uh, control, and you bring in this Thrun, and what do they do? They have to farewell. That's the only way they can kill him. They have to say adios. But it's... They can verdict it away. No. Oh, they can verdict it. Okay, he's only indestructible on your turn, right? Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay, they can verdict it. It's not great for control, but it's great against like the other mid-range matchups. It is good against the other mid-range matchups, too. I think it's still good against control. They have to have the verdict. Like, sure. You have to pressure their verdicts, right? Yeah. He can't be wandering emperor away. He can't doesn't be Teferi away. Huh? Doesn't have, oh, it's oh, it's abilities. Yeah, never mind. Huh? Yeah. All right. Mm. 
doesn't okay. go away. Can't be ley lined, you know. Yeah. All right, all right. You might have sold me. Uh, and we also have bloated contaminator, uh, two and a green for a four fourth trample. Mm-hmm. So uh, not great on the devotion count, but it's it's, it's uh, old growth troll stats here uh, with toxic one trample. And over bloated contaminator, it deals common damage to player proliferate. So I like this. Yeah. So he kind of swings for two poison. Yeah. As long as you stack your triggers correctly. Yeah, you need to do that, yes. Um, It's an above-rate trample guy, too. Which is like a dime a dozen nowadays, but you know. I like it. Um, Let's see here. I think White Sun's Twilight is actually good. Really? Okay. White Sun's Twilight is White White X. I guess it does give us dudes at the end of the day. So it's not just, uh, I'm going to gain a bunch of life with this white spell. You're right. The, the gaining X life is just, that's just on the house. That's yeah. gratis. You know? We, we just threw it in. We thought it'd be funny. Uh, then you create X11 colorless Phyrexian Might tokens with Toxic 1 that can't block, right? And then if X is 5 or more, destroy all other creatures. It's a martial coup. It is martial coup but also gains five life. See, this is the real reading proficiency exam, just to see, do you read past the first line of text? Right, exactly. Um, on top of that, it gives us a two-turn clock. Yeah? Like, it's a board wipe, and it's like, here are five one ones that toxic you. Assuming you've not taken any other toxic this damage, right? Yeah. It's just one, two, and even then there's so many of them, you're going to have to, like, there's no way we're not playing this in a deck that's not already going for Toxic, right? Yeah. So, like, there's so many of them on the board now that, like, you have to spread so thin to block them. Or you've got to wipe, you have to wrath back, right? Yeah. Which is not impossible to do, but I think this card is uh, better than the other Twilights. For sure. Um, the Black Twilight is interesting, because it's instant speed reanimate. Yeah. But it's not great. It's kind of boring, to be completely honest. Yeah. Um, you know what card isn't boring? What? Strelve Defector Might. Oh, yes. You want to talk about this card. I do. So for single white mana, we get a 1-1 legendary artifact creature, Phyrexian Might. With Toxic 1, it can't block the Stolen Might. But for Phyrexian and Tap... You choose a color, another target creature you control gains Toxic 1 and Hexproof from that color until end of turn. It can't be blocked by creatures of that color this turn. Was wild as it gives Toxic 1. Yes. Because if you give it to a creature that already has Toxic 1, that is now two instances of Toxic 1. Mm-hmm. So, it's like a mom that is also attacking when it protects. Yeah. It's pretty and interesting... It- can't protect itself, which is a lesson we've learned. That is that is correct. Uh, the last card I kind of want to talk about, although, like, look, big ups to Kemba. That was my first commander. Uh, we got a fun new Kemba. So if you want to play a with your cats now, there you go. Uh, but really, though, Geth, Thane of Contracts. One black, black for a 3-4 Phyrexian zombie, a legendary Phyrexian zombie. Other creatures you control get minus one, minus one. Okay, so we get like, uh, what is it, Heartless Act? Or Heartless um, heartless Summoning, right? 
but then for one black black, but only the downside of Heartless Summoning. Uh, for one black black tap, return target creature from the graveyard, from your graveyard to the battlefield, it gains. If this creature would leave the battlefield, exile instead of putting anywhere else, acting only as a sorcery. So a little bit of a reanimator or a stick. What do you think? I think this card is, uh, I don't know what you're trying to do with it, but like, I think it's been kind of sealed tight so you can't combo with it. But we get to suicide or stitcher suppliers. This is true. But then Grease Fang doesn't have enough power to crew the Perhelion. I didn't think that through. Yeah, that's the problem here. Uh, I think it's really cool, but too much of a liability. Yeah. All right. All right. Any, 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 any yeah. last cards? Any last cards? Mm. No, I mean, uh, yeah. So sorry to everyone. We, I know we kind of took back the only talk about officially spoiled cards. Then I remembered like this episode comes out three days from now. So who knows? We'll actually will and won't be officially spoiled. So right. uh, we kind of just talked about cards as long as they had a good card text. I mean, the last rule kind of where we didn't talk about is, I guess, Blade of Sheared Souls. Well, the only card we didn't talk about that I would want to talk about is Atraxa, but that card is super, like... We'll wait till next week for that. We gotta wait on that one. That card has implications. Yes. So we'll wait till next week to talk about uh, possible new card types. Uh, please. Please end it. Uh, but so that will kind of do it for the spoilers this week. Let's, uh... So again, sorry for everyone. I know we said, I know I kind of changed the rules on us mid-episode, but I'll put a disclaimer for anyone kind of watching at home if you're, so. Uh, but before we sign off here, Ricky, we got one more thing to do, and that's take it to the Patreon mailbag. Patreon mailbag. Let's go. Of course, we just support most Patreon, patreon.com slash crew3mtg. We had several tiers available. We had a lot of people sign up the last couple weeks, so great to see new faces uh, thank you for supporting us. If you join any tier of the Patreon, you can access the Patreon-only channel, which is where I asked this week. I said, hey, what cards do you want us to talk about? And you also get the chance to ask a Patreon mailbag question, which could go something like this. This comes from John C.G. John asks, was wondering the crew's thoughts on using ley lines and sideboards. I've been using red ley lines on my mono blue spirits list to help with Rakdos sack matchup. Are any ley lines good enough for Pioneer? Cheers. Uh, so right off the bat, Yes. Leyline of the Void? Leyline of the Void. Leyline of Sanctity. Leyline of Sanctity, Leyline of the Void. See tons of play. Leyline of Abundance. Too good. How to be banned. Too good. Uh, unbelievably strong. Uh, I can't wait till we get to that in Pioneer in the Progression series. I've seen some people run the Red Leyline before in some decks. Red Leyline and Mono Blue Spirits for the Sack matchup is pretty hot, actually. Yeah, it's every time they target, they take two. Yeah. That's pretty hot. I like it. Uh, but I, I do like the ley lines, especially if you can cast them. I'm yeah. not a big fan of uncastable ley lines, unless you're playing a Fable deck. But even then, I don't like it. I, I just, I'd rather be able to cast it. Like, Leyline of the Void is good in any black deck. Yeah. And I think that, like, playing Leyline of the Void in your, like, white deck to hate on graveyards, you just get rest in peace instead, you know? Yeah, I mean, you can't tell me that you don't want to play some sort of, like, shenanigans blue devotion deck with Leyline of Anticipation, right? Like, I definitely do. I definitely do. Uh, I've seen it before. It's pretty hot. Like, if you start with the Leyline of uh, 
of anticipation in play, like your Thass is already almost on. So yeah, I, I like it. I like it a lot. No, I definitely think Leyline's are super playable in Pioneer. So uh, for sure, Leyline yeah. Binding is also super playable in Pioneer. It's very playable. Yes, that is a Leyline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So I would say yes, very playable, and I'd like to see what deck you're playing the red Leyline in. Uh, Bond with Spirits. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I don't know. Look, I think it's having played the sack side of that matchup. It's real fun whenever you just get to ping off all their guys. But if right. they've got a red, if they've got a red leyline play now, I'm like, oh, I'm dying. I'm dying so fast. But it's worth it. It is. Live fast, what did it die cost? everything. Uh, like yeah. The, uh, doesn't shapers do the same thing though? Shapers draws a card. Well, yeah, that's that's better. That is better. Shapers. Yeah. Shapers sanctuary. Not a leyline though. But right. uh, but that will do it for this week. Ricky, where can they find you on the socials? Find me at also Steve on Twitter. Please follow me. And uh, you can find me streaming uh, more often now on Crew3MTG on Twitch.com. On the Twitch. And, of course, you can find me at Crew3Podcast where I'm posting all kinds of fun stuff, uh, not just magic-related, all sorts of hobby things I got going on. I'm sure I'll be posting some pictures of the glass display shelf once we get that all set up and going. Um, yeah, and just find all kinds of other good stuff posting this the video version of the podcast over on the youtube channel crew 3 uh mtg over there as well and when ricky and i kind of fit it in our schedules we can get some more progression series going oh yeah we'll, we'll get that rocking again because the undisputed era of ruckman is here to stay baby it's disputed that's why you're that's why you're filibustering the next episode you're trying to revel i'm the one i i had to build a trophy for a draft invitational coming up you know? yeah Oh man, I can't wait! So uh, happy early birthday to Ricky! Thank you. We get we're getting ready for the draftational, the yearly Ricky Lynn draftational. I, I will I will let you know a spoiler about the trophy. Okay. Last year's trophy did say undisputed champion on it, so this year's trophy says even more undisputed champion. Oh, uh, now I need it. Yeah, exactly. The even more I was like I was like I don't know should I say undisputed -er champion. But I went even more undisputed champion. That means next year will be the most undisputed, right? Yeah, the absolutely most undisputed champion. Exactly. And then at what point will we just make the belt? Like just the belt that we just That's get like when I turn forty. Yeah, yeah. All well, right. The, the draftational is that people stop asking my age, and I'm just like, it's draftational too. <laughs> I'm sorry you missed the last the history of the draftational. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's not about the birthday. It's about the draftational. That's right. Uh, all right. We will talk to you all next week with the rest of the set, I think, honestly. Yep. Sounds good. All right. I can't wait. Bye. Bye. Bye.